you probably noticed that my audio sounds um, significantly better this time. I was given a suggestion by Modified Roll on Twitter. It seems to have worked, so you should now be able to hear me in both ears. Twice the Luke. Precisely 200% more Luke. <sighs> Twice the horror. When last we left off, the party had just made their way to the small village of Lemfurt. There, after speaking with the village elder, a man by the name of Maxim, and somewhat short negotiations, the party adjourned to what seemed to be some kind of general store, owned by, let me pull up their names here, yes, Letta's parents. Letta's parents are Gildas and Johannes, or Gil Gilda and Johannes. After staying the night with uh, Gilda, Johannes, and Letta, well, at least three of you, awake to the scene of the general store, stirred from slumber, not by any um, any sort of magical or uh, by me traumatic event, but I'm but... standing over them. Oh, so... <laughs> good morning. Wait, 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 wait. So you you literally go to the woods, wake up real early, and I then only just... need four hours of sleep. Oh, yeah, that's right, that meditation thing. Well, before you're able to stand over them, after your four hours of sleep, I would like you to make a perception check. 17. All right, now I need to roll, just to see. Uh, all right, as you take a look around, the sort of glade that you found yourself in, having only meditated for the requisite four hours. It is still sort of cloaked in a semi-darkness. The sort of dusk feeling penetrates every facet Ew. of your view. You don't need to... I'm immersed in the scene. <laughs> I'm taken in by the beauty. Is it because you said the word penetrate? I'm pretty sure it was. No. Uh -huh. That's a poor lying voice. <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with it's that. It's the beauty of nature. The trees are so great. Penetrating me. <laughs> I didn't say that. Never mind. This oppressive darkness looms around you. The old adage seeming to hold up that it is darkest before the dawn. As such, as you sort of peer out, even with your dark vision, nothing immediately catches your eye save for the scant bits of breeze and wind that rustle the trees above you. After this, I assume you just sort of pack your things and sort of make yourself up before standing over your compatriots, eerily silent. How long do I have before they wake up? Are they sleeping for six hours or eight hours? Given the day that y'all had, we'll just split the difference and say seven hours. So you'd be standing there for three hours. Okay, well then I want to explore a little bit. I only need an hour of standing time. Okay, an, a, a, an hour of standing time. So what was it that you would like to do with this sort of time that you have in between? I want to look at all of the houses. Okay. Look in the windows. Wow, okay. Um... Not disturbing at all. Look um, for soldiers. Look for law enforcement. See what type of jail situation they have. Okay. I'm going to say that is an investigation check because you are you are snooping currently. I got a 12. It's not as careful as you would sort of usually conduct these things. In fact, uh, one of the sort of cabins in this village catches your eye above some of the rest because it seems to be a, a place to house pottery and, and such things. Like, you see within it uh, 
some kind of kiln or other... I'm a big fan of pottery. Uh, as we all are, I, I think, on some on some sort of spiritual level. Looking inside, you see sort of molds and unfinished uh, or unvarnished clay edifices and proper pots and bowls and what seem to be just sort of plateware, as well as some various bits of dyes and whatnot uh, housed within. Uh, that seems to be adjacent to the house of Julius and the woman that he's sharing a bed with. Adjourning from them, you go across the street. Obviously, you see Gilda and Johannes, familiar figures, as well as Letta. And sort of concluding your investigation, you see Christoph in sort of a same cabin or homestead as another woman, but she sleeps in a separate room and... That, that's really all you can tell from your preliminary investigations before that hour time mark that you were <laughs> so adamant about. Okay, so there's no there's no soldiers or people that I could see. Not that you can see. I'm a, I'll, I'll relax a bit and then I'll go creep on everyone. You return to the general store, make your way amongst your compatriots, and each of you stirs from sleep to find day the mysterious elf woman standing over you good morning good mo- stop screaming it's just me good morning <laughs> vega doesn't scream <laughs> just for the record vega did not scream good morning aster is a touch freaked out guten morgen oh is that oh my gosh is is giant actually just german might as well be <laughs> uh, good morning strange one how was your evening in the in the forest enthralling it must have been uh quite wet out there vega make a perception check how wet do i appear (laughs) (laughs) crazy that's a five by the way yeah as far as you can tell she dries a bone how did everyone sleep last night like like a fluffy little bunny in fear for your life Always worried that at any moment a weasel will come into your small home and take you. Uh, uh, um, oh, did we mean something else? I'm sorry. I would snap that weagle, weasel's neck in two and it would regret coming into my home. <laughs> Hunter. Yep. Important question. Did you sleep in your mask or are you unmasked finally? No, I slept in it. So we all slept in the same room, right? Yeah, the sort of same general space. It's, um, it's hot in here kind of i think it probably smells bad yeah the well the fire itself roars well whimpers at this point uh embers kind of roiling within and the the general store itself reeks of dried meats and it's sort of like the equivalent of staying in like a medieval 7-eleven do they have a slushy machine uh they unfortunately do not have a slushy machine or indeed slushies just generally I, I, I should say this right now. In the world of Gaia, the slushy has yet to be invented. Damn it. What dark ages we live in. But Asta's going to get up and put on her fur mantle and just check that her necklace is still around her neck, which is very important. And then once she's uh, satisfied that all is in place, she will get up and head out to the front of the medieval 7-Eleven. Can we see the necklace or does she keep it like under her clothes? I think it's it's out initially and it's and then I'll tuck it in. As you all awake from sleep and, and make your way through the general store, sort of 
preparing yourselves, not raiding or anything, of course, but collecting your things and whatnot. Uh, the first one to rise seems to be uh, Letta, coming out from behind the wall that separates the sort of living space from the retail space. <laughs> she sort of looks to all of you, her hair kind of tightly bound to her head and, and kind of smiling very weakly as she rubs sleep from her eyes. Good morning! And a good morning to you. I trust that the floor was... Not too terrible. It was terrible. I don't... It was do fine. Not, Thank I you. don't listen to her. She slept outside last night. It was very welcoming, and and I thank you for your hospitality. As you sort of speak, Vega, it, it kind of finally hits her that you're a Goliath, and she kind of looks up to you in, in sort of a bewilderment, and yet sort of awestruck kind of oh, I I'm actually talking to, like, a half-giant. Like, there there's a sort of wonder to her eyes, even in the early wee hours of the morning, and she sort of nods and appreciates the sentiment, looks to <laughs> Hunter and kind of smirks. Still have the... She motions to her face, kind of indicating that you still have your mask on, even throughout all this ordeal. Well, yes. As I said last night, it's... Not particularly a pleasant sight. She shrugs. Probably seen worse, but I understand. Men and their proclivities. <laughs> she chuckles to herself at her own joke. L uh, looking to Aster, she kind of... You get the sense that she spies the necklace, but doesn't sort of remark upon it. Uh, but as she sort of sees you uh, adjourn, y you know you're all welcome to stay as, as long as you need, of course. I don't know exactly what it is you seek, but... It's very kind of you to offer your place to us. But I know I must personally be moving on. I have a mission which I must complete. Well, perhaps your mission and, and staying around are, are not two different, two different things. I, I do believe that you said you had no problems here. Perhaps it is something that is in alignment with our own goals. Letta kind of crosses her arms and scratches at her uh, biceps as the uh, fabric of her uh, shirt, as you can divine just from looking at it, could be quite itchy. Why is your shirt so itchy? She doesn't respond as she looks to Vega. Yes, we have had a little bit of trouble with him in the past. We sent out a contract to the Assembly of Heroes a long time ago. There was one or two that they sent. They spoke with Maxim, but I was, I was out of town. How long ago did you entreat the Assembly of Heroes for help? She sort of chews on her lip. Months, months ago it has been. It sounds like it's in our best interest to speak to Maxim. Would it be possible for us to see Maxim again? Let her kind of not... Possible, but he does tend to be a bit loopy in the mornings. How long should we wait? And is there anyone we could speak to in the meantime who might know anything about where it was the previous uh, people sent by the Assembly of Heroes looked for such knolls? You may speak to Hilda. She was... Um she w was here with uh, Elsa at the time. Sorry, she sort of holds her hand up to her mouth and, and sort of realises you don't know those names. H Hilda is uh, Julius's wife and Elsa is Christoph's sister. Ah, in my okay. head I'm like, that yeah. explains why they were sleeping in different bedrooms. But I don't say that out loud. Do we all, do we all just glance over at you like, what? 
a small exclamation does escape your lips, Day. And Letta just kind of looks to you and looks back to the group. They're the local potters. They should be able to at least (laughs) answer whatever questions you have about town. They're usually up at this time. Now, I, I, I do have one other question. Um, where can we get something to eat? It has been a, a, a while. Funny you should say that. Letta kind of waves you to the side and, and sort of pushes around you and grabs uh, what seems to be a bow and arrow uh, set. She sort of straps the bow to her chest and takes a few arrows. It's actually going to hunt it. If you are hungry, though, to tide you over, we have some um, cured and uh, smoked lengths of uh, pork shoulder and whatnot. That sounds very, very good. How, how, how much? I'll take would two. That? Go ahead and make a persuasion check. That's an eight. L- Letter kind of l- looks to you. We'll say two silver pair. Vega will hand her one gold. And be like, as much as that would buy me. Jesus. Vega's a big boy. He eats a lot. He's growing. <laughs> she looks at the one gold piece, nods, and goes behind the counter. A good sizable amount of, of <laughs> cured pork shoulder is laid yeah, upon sizable the, amount the counter. Of- pork shoulder in your belly <laughs> or like in your inventory and just putting About that in my belly probably going into his belly <laughs> he will hold it out to anyone else and be like would you, if anyone else would like some i still will take a bit yeah i'll take a bit and then yeah me too nod at letter and duck out of the door with the intention of going to find this hilda and elsa as you all sort of eat and enjoy dinner uh letter kind of nods and uh, absconds from your presence, making her way towards the woods. Aster, you want to go ahead and find Maxime, get a hold of him? Well, first I want to, um, Aster will turn today and say, when Letta mentioned Hilda and Elsa as the potters, you seem to know something. I do you know where they might be? love pottery. Oh. And I do know where they are. Should I inquire as to... How? Nope. Let's go. Okay. Okay. I get up and I walk out. Uh, There's pottery to look at. Let's go. Vega will be like that one. That one is a strange one. Strange one indeed. Pottery. I'll just head that way. Are you guys? Are you guys staying? No, we'll follow. You two bros. You two bros hanging out. Yeah, I'll follow. Sure. So the entire party uh, follows. The town itself uh, seems to be in the beginnings of waking up as Letta. makes her way towards the forest at a little bit more of a brisk pace. You hear a sharp whistle pierce the air as uh, Julius kind of comes up beside her, uh, his own bow and arrows strapped to himself. He takes a look as you all exit the, the general store and sort of waves a hand to all of you. I give him a thumbs up and I wink. I just wave back. They make their way towards the forest, their hunt beginning. As you make your way through the small bit of, like, dirt patch that this town has sort of settled around, one figure, unfamiliar to most of you, specifically three-quarters of you, makes her way from one of the houses, seems to be situated closely to another house. She is of a slight 
build. She wears these very uh, simply colored cotton dresses uh, that sort of adorn her body in a very simple way. Um, her hair is sort of covered by what seems to be a, a scarf or bandana that is tied around her forehead very tightly, but nevertheless she sort of takes a look at you. Her <laughs> and uh, even though you were described uh, by her husband, Julius, uh, her, her expression is that of mild shock mixed with cautious uh, greetings as she smiles and waves to all of you. I still head over. Are you Hilda? Yes, I am. Uh, she holds out her hand. I shake it. My name is Asteria. I have a few questions for you if you'd be willing to answer them. Well, of course. I'm from the Ostenheim PD. <laughs> <laughs> Hilda just sort of nods, still somewhat sleep, still somewhat gripping at her form, but nevertheless being genteel to all of you. Do we want to ask her questions here, or shall we suggest going inside somewhere? May we see your pottery? She sort of... She almost asks, how the hell you know that she is a... a pottery maker and then she sort of looks to her sleeves and now as you are closer you see um the colors themselves seem to seem to come from various dyes that have been faded over several washes and there are a few spots where there's some sort of dirt or grit and she sort of <laughs> looks to her dress and kind of smirks and and nods very observant of you very if you would like we could talk yeah elsa seems to be uh, taking her sweet time this morning, so we should have a minute or two to talk. Well, in fact, I would quite like to talk to Elsa too, but yes, please, lead, lead, lead the way. It's best to interview them separately. Yes, yes it is. I learned that at the police academy. <laughs> Do not let these two worry you. We are just here to ask about the gnolls and such, and the... the uh... What, what organization did you say you were from, Asta? The Assembly of Heroes. That organization. Wonderful time, wonderful time. She sort of slowly turns from all of you and goes into uh, the kiln house, uh, un unlocking the door very rigidly as she sort of swings it open wide and invites you in. Let's do it. Let's go in together yeah. all at once. All right, as a united front, you make your way into this pottery barn and um hilda begins to sort of move past all of you and inspect some of the uh moldings that hang from what seems to be a pillar like construct that's in the middle of this thing where various bars of wrought iron hold aloft various bowls and and plates and whatnot uh, uh in the drying process of these uh, of these pieces, and as she inspects them, she sort of looks to you, um, Aster specifically, um, sort of beckoning you to ask questions as she inspects. Letta informed us that you were here when previous people from the Assembly of Heroes came out to take a look at your null problem. I've asked. Can yeah, you recall that? Uh, she sort of. Narrows her eyes for a minute, and it, you see her tongue kind of go into her cheek. And then a thought kind of rockets to the forefront and says, Ah, yes, yes, there were two that came from the Assembly of Heroes. Do you remember their names? Uh, she sort of sucks on her teeth and, and 
Uh, one's name started with an uh, R. It it was Randy, Randolph, Rancid, Ramon. It was formal, but not Randolph. Um, Reginald, I would say, though his last name escapes me. Uh, he was uh, the younger of the two. There was another uh, by the name of had a very difficult name, Gizret or. Uh, Something like that. These names sort of ring out into the ether, and, and beyond that, she sort of um, shrugs. Both of them were very respectable, very helpful, at least for a time. That's rather ominous. Only for a time? They conducted some investigations into why the Nols were pressing into our land. They never used to come this far down from there. I guess you could call it fortress. I don't know. Their encampment in the West Hills. But whether it was a cold, whatever it was, they just sort of started coming here more frequently and in more worrisome numbers. Gizret was a very private person. They only shared with Maxim exactly what their plans were, but... After about a month of them staying within the village, she sort of scratches the back of her head, they left, went west, into the hills. I don't know exactly why, but I would assume it had something to do with the Knolls. And they never came back. She, she sort of wishes it didn't sound that ominous, but yes, she nods. And this encampment of Knolls in the West Hills, that's still there? There wasn't an, 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 a formal encampment. Knolls, as I'm sure you're well aware, aren't exactly the type to make villages like this. She sort of motions to Lemfort in general. But there was a small cave entrance, small but notable, housed within some ruins that I remember hearing about as a child. There were always Knolls coming to and from. Do you remember the name of the ruins? She sort of narrows her eyes and cl closes them very tightly for a second, trying to bring forth the name. At that moment, you hear from behind you uh, a soft voice sort of echo out. Reedwall. As you turn around, uh, uh, this smaller voice kind of steps in front of all of you, and you see the form of uh, Elsa. Um, not exactly the spitting image of her brother, Kristoff, but um, the facial features are somewhat similar. The hair is slightly darker, more of like a... I, I believe I said that Kristoff had, like, not platinum blonde hair, but very blonde hair. Hers is more of like a strawberry blonde, uh, but nevertheless, she sort of meekly uh, says, Ridwal, is that, that's the name of the fortress. Could either of you point us in the right direction? Hilda just kind of chuckles. West. Walked into that one. I, I mean, I was thinking of something slightly more specific. You, you know, like, up the hill, past the two boulders on the left. Um, there will be a road that you cross. If you go there, then you will have to, well, cross the road. She sort of blinks a couple of times. You see that sleep still kind of is washing over her. And these uh, two from the Assembly of Heroes... Were they only investigating the Knoll presence, or was there something else in the ruins that interested them? 
Elsa now speaks. Well, um, Reginald stayed with me and my brother. Um, he was a studious type, uh, very interested in many things. When it came to the Knolls, he seemed to have a, a variety of interests that coincided with their investigations. Beyond that, though, Gisret, well, they were uh, somewhat single-minded. Reginald, uh, anything interested him, really. Uh, from the clay that we use, she sort of uh, motions to uh, what seems to be a mound of clay that's stashed uh, away in uh, near one of the tables that they use to shape to... The birds in the sky, the trees that grew around this area, artifacts of magic that I had read up on. Like what? Just cur- I also am interested in everything, but that also is something that maybe if you want to talk about, I'll listen about the artifact. Silly legends of crystals of power or wands that were manufactured back when Reedwall was an actual fort. Ah, ridiculous. So silly. Do you have that book? Uh, she she sort of blushes a bit. Oh, well, it's more a collection of stories, histories and whatnot. I, I doubt it. Well, would you be interested? Yes. I will pay you for it. It's, it's simply pottering a book. It's no worries. Um, I can show it to you if, if yes. you prefer. Hilda kind of narrows her eyes and you hear that same sort of sharp whistle that Julius uttered bounce across the room uh, as Hilda and Elsa share a look. Elsa kind of shrugs and uh, quickly goes to you, Day, and leads you away, Hilda shaking her head in a sort of exasperated manner. I narrow my eyes back at Hilda and then I follow. Hilda, thank you for your time. You've been very helpful, but I think... It would be good for us to speak with Maxim. That it would be. She sort of smirks. Well, the old codger should be awake, so... Fantastic. Thank you. Unless there's anything else? Buy some pottery. Vega's definitely just been looking a, at the pottery. Buy a plate. In the area. Buy a really nice plate. Buy a bowl. This this plate is um, exquisite. And not for sale. She, okay, okay. She, she kind of intones. Uh, Vega, as you take a look at the plates, uh, go ahead and make a history check. An history check, if you please. Hey! That's <laughs> <Not> a 20! <laughs> so oh my four, god, this plate. Nice. Total, You're a pottery total expert. Of 20. These plates that you have uh, so studiously been assessing, you suddenly come to realize, oh, this symbol uh, that is marred upon each of the plates, a stylized, what seems to be a G of some kind, uh, and an S that is situated closely next to it. Ah, these are the signets of House Grierstein, one of the aristocratic families that you uh, came across in your travels, specifically from Tortmine. This is very... Interesting. Do you do work for the nobles of Tort... What was it? Tort... Tort Mine, right? Tort... Tort Mine or Tortheim. It is canon... It is canon that there is conflicting <laughs> translations of this particular town. Nice. Uh, and Hilda kind of nods. Uh, specifically, why these are not for sale, it is a commission. It is to commemorate the, the youngest going into... Prison. You're not there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I was going to say the Radiant Hall, but dependent upon your views of Pelor and his followers, it could very well be a prison. Is that where Asta's brothers would have gone? Actually, I'd like you to go ahead and make a religion check. Okay. Oh, that is, uh, that's a 19. Uh, the Radiant Hall was discussed as one of the places that Aster's brothers could potentially be sent. It was a little farther north than your father was comfortable with. Uh, he, he had a, the definite view that Southern Ostenheim was sort of the superior of the two, if ever they were given a, uh, a preference. Ah, uh, that sounds like Papa. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Radiant Hall, it, it's one of many institutions that you've heard of where people, usually of the aristocratic flavor, go to study and learn not only the ways of horticulture and whatnot, but also to uh, foster their faith so that it may be used in a uh, more tangible fashion. Basically, this is the place where paladins and clerics are, of Pelor are made. Oh, nice. Okay. So as she sort of says the Radiant Hall, these sort of memories kind of tinge at the back of your mind. Well, we should see Maxim. When our friend is done looking at the book, will you send her our way? Hilda nods. (laughs) Hilda nods and actually goes to the door and yells to Elsa. Hey, when you are done showing your book to your new friend. Send her over to Maxim's, yeah? And Elsa kind of nods and waves her off before... We are not friends! Uh, <laughs> I, I do believe that you are, are definitely friends. The closest thing she gets to friends. Ignoring your... Forced ignoring friendship. Your <laughs> intonations day, Elsa opens the door to her home and uh, we see Kristoff sort of tending to the household, cleaning up a little bit in the morning uh, and looking to you. In a spark of recognition, he just sort of nods his head and smiles. Yes, hello. One moment, Elsa sort of rummages around uh, what seems to be a small bookshelf uh, that's situated in sort of the far left corner of the room. Thumbing through a few of the the bindings, she takes out this one tome. It's a sort of a brown leather encased uh, collection of parchment, more than a book. But, uh, nevertheless, she hands it over to you. All of the histories that I've been able to divine from the area. I, I didn't want to say, but, um, y- your friend, uh, As- As- Astaria, I believe? Yes. Is she named after the, w- one of the local heroes that I've read about? From, well, she, she kind of stops herself. Oh, well, I-, I don't know how much you know about the eras and whatnot, but... I, I know a bit. And she she kind of looks to your ears, noticing the definite point, and you notice her eyes kind of flicker in in kind of a a rush, wanting to ask you, like, a lot of questions, but she reserves herself and and kind of intones. Well, is that the case? Do you know? Uh, I do not know. Um, I will ask her myself, then. What would I know about this, this mysterious past, Aster? That would require a history check. I'm proficient in history. I am a historian. Yeah, make it good, because I'm interested to know as well. I got a 24... uh, 23. 23. Astaria, or Aster, um, her name specifically kind of varies in translation, is or was considered to be um, a great hero of the southern Ostenheimer provinces back when 
the aristocracy did not exist. These were in what what was commonly or has been commonly known as the Heroes Age. There are there have been one, two, three, four ages that you have sort of seen come to fruition. Uh, the Ages Unrecorded, the Heroes Age, the Philosopher's Age, and the Magician's Age. The Heroes Age was very much um, marked by mythical figures uh, going to battle or uh, going on great hunts um, in sort of a competitive spirit for giants, dragons, whatever manner of fantastical creature they could get their hands on. And one of them, of the southern Ostenheimer provinces, as I intoned earlier, was Aster. Uh, she was very much a a, uh, a sort of mercurial figure. She she was sort of a stand-in for a lot of popular myths as sort of a background character. She would be the one who, if there was a hero that needed a a, a sword forged or a uh, a bow to be found, they would go to Aster and she would lead them along the pathways. She was very much a, a, a guide, a facilitator of these things, rather than an um, active agent. But from, uh, from what you can gather, her place in the histories is still very venerated by some people. So, yeah, that's basically her whole shtick. It was very much not exactly like the great huntress sort of archetype, but more a pathfinder. Okay. 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 I mean, I still don't know the answer to the question. You still don't know, but the the Astaria or the Aster that you know of in terms of the histories very much matches to this character. Unfortunately, I don't know, but I was busy during that age. She sort of... <laughs> a, a sort of shocked gasp kind of <laughs> escapes her lips, and she bites her tongue trying not to ask you a thousand questions. Where's the book? It's in your hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're a wizard. <laughs> Witchcraft. Yeah, no, she, she, she basically just hands it off to you. And as I said, it's more a leather bound collection of parchment than an actual book, but still. So is it like, um, like, what's the theme of the book? Is it like recorded history? Is it like folklore? Is it kind of a mix of everything? Is this like a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale type of book? Make an investigation check. 20 dirty dirty 20 dirty don't, you don't have to say she it like does that. she does actually have to say it like that are you contractually obligated to say it like that <laughs> all right so uh taking a look through the um various bits of parchment this is very much a a sort of a homebrew crash course of lo local histories rather than like a published volume um there are elements of that sort of hans christian anderson or brothers grimm kind of fairy tales that do detail exploits of other heroes within the Heroes Age. But there are also local tellings of ancient forts, one of them being Reedwall. From what you can divine with that 20, there are a few artifacts that are mentioned that do fall in line with some of the research that you've conducted. Particularly in the case of a shard of Everfire? That's sort of the translation that's inscribed. But um, along with it is this illustration of a, uh, a burning fire that sort of, apropos of nothing, uh, emanates this 
raging orange flame, and you see a few people with what seem to be tongs or other sorts of instruments kind of clasping onto it and sort of in sort of a uh, controlling manner. From your 20, you, you can see that this shard of Everfire, whatever that specifically is, um, seems to have been what allowed Reedwall to be uh, very enthusiastic in its uh, ex uh, expansion into what at the time was known as the Untasida, which, given modern translation, translates to the underside. <laughs> so Reedwall's a ruin now, so it didn't do that great it, for that it long. It didn't do that great, does unfortunately. It, <laughs> um, this, did it, does it say anything about what happened? Well, the Shard of Everfire allowed the craftsmen of Reedwall to construct more secure tunnels that allowed their miners and artisans to sort of take from the land more uh, liberally. However, apparently as this expansion occurred, uh, there's sort of a blank space. At, at, in one sort of story or chapter that you sort of skim your eyes across, they're doing fantastically. They're, they are able to drag from the ground heaps of gold and, and uh, silver and these other precious metals and minerals. And yet, in uh, in a story that's just a few pages away, it's detailing the absolute destruction and collapse of Reedwall um, from forces within. Capitalism. Uh, this is... Uh, it, uh, this is not a... That's it. You broke is, him. You broke him. You broke Jake. This is not more of a philosophical force. This is more of a, like some unknown invader literally infiltrated or otherwise somehow uh, caused the collapse of this space. I hand the book back to Elsa. Thank you for sharing this with me. Chapter three is complete lies. Again, this sort of want to ask you a million questions kind of pops up, but is kind of politely suppressed as she recognizes that you have places to be people to talk to, things to see. Did I overheard them say go to Maxim, right? Or did only Elsa hear that? Considering Hilda yelled it across the town, she projected very well. And uh, yes, you did hear that you had to go to Maxim's. I peace out. Bye, Julius. Uh, no, not Julius. Kristoff. Bye, Kristoff. Kristoff kind of uh, waves his hand in a very polite manner as you, uh, you abscond from the premises. For the second time that morning, unbeknownst to them. <laughs> Are we at Maxim's yet? <laughs> I would like each of you to roll perception checks. Is this me as well, even though I'm doing it after them? No, you're, okay. this is not you. That's 21. That's an 8. I got a natural 1. <laughs> hey, Aster makes up for it, though. We're good. Hunter, um, as you sort of walk along, the cold of the... Uh, of the air, what with it being morning after such a heavy rain, kind of grips you and it chills the inside of your mask in an uncomfortable fashion. So you're not exactly able to uh, see very clearly. Uh, Vega, you're distracted is a, the polite way of saying you weren't paying attention just generally as you were walking. Aster, however, you do 
notice as you walk up to the premises, there seems to be a bit of chatter going on. Not exactly hushed tones, but very comfortable sort of talking going along as as you approach the premises. So I can hear people talking inside. Yes, uh, two speakers, um, both male, and one of them, one of them seems to have a familiar sort of tone of voice. It, it, it's it's hard to tell through from the distance in the wood, but nevertheless. Astor will look over to the boys and say, I can hear voices within. Uh, trust me, just for this moment, I need to invest investigate who it is before we enter. Sure. <laughs> and can Astor, like, sneak to under a window where I might be able to hear better? Make a stealth check. Do you know what? I, I need to check, actually, if um, the if scale male armor gives me disadvantage on stealth scale checks. Scale male does give you disadvantage. Oh, okay. Well, so that's a two, then, with disadvantage. So as, as you sort of sneak with the biggest air quotes that I can muster um, up to the up to the window, you kind of peer your head in. <laughs> I just I just imagine you try to do it very slowly, but you just sort of slam your neck to the side and <laughs> no, in full no, view. No, no, no. I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to look in. I just want to take a moment to actively listen again to see if I can identify the voice before I start trying to stick my head in windows. Okay, make a perception check then. Come on, come on. Um, that is 18. Yeah, you hear nothing. Because <laughs> I heard me. As, <laughs> yes, um, you hear nothing for a minute, and then a few footsteps fall uh, very shortly, not in the sort of gate that Maxim seemed to have. As you hear the door creak open and a familiar face peer out. A gnome of somewhat... Uh, I guess young age uh, look up to you. Is it um, Cyrus? Was that his name? It is indeed. It is indeed Cyrus Tealeaf. Asta lets out a breath. Whew. Stressful. Cyrus. You doing all right there? Oh, um, yes. I mean, I, I thought I heard something. It, 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 it turned out to be nothing. Um, here. Please, uh, let me introduce you to my companions with whom I've been working with uh, this past day. Hunter, Vega, and as you approach uh, day, you see uh, before you this very familiar gnomish kind of face. Not familiar because you recognize his features, but just uh, when you think of a gnome of, of this sort of young-ish age... This would be a pretty good approximation of, of that sort of caricature. He, he looks to all of you and, and nods very judiciously. Aster. And he looks up to you. Are, there, are they looking to be a part of the, the whole thing? or? Um, no. Well, our paths collided, yeah. let me say. Peril has a, has a tendency to do that. He sort of looks out uh, on, on all of you. Uh, he... Turns to inside and sort of says, uh, "Maxim, don't worry. I uh, was able to get a hold of her." And looks to you, Aster. 
Asta feels very sheepish. Someone's been caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Mm, yeah. I literally feel like that right now. I think I think I might even be blushing. Thank you for your message. I'll be sure that she gets to well, who she needs to get to. <laughs> and he sort of laughs and Maxim sort of nods and from inside you hear his aged voice sort of ring out. Wonderful. I assume that her friends are here? I we are here, Maxime. <laughs> Send them in. If you need to take Asta wherever she needs to go, take her. Cyrus nods and, and sort of steps from out of the frame and keeps the door open. Where do you need to go, Asta? Well, I would ask Cyrus that exact question. Uh, he sort of smirks and uh, <laughs> opens his mouth to kind of try to give uh, a, the beginning of like a flowery explanation of what's going on. And then he sort of cuts that short and says, All right, so Peril was being a bit of an ass when he sort of, well, threw you into the mix. You didn't get to meet with a quarter mistress, and that's usually something that most people looking for access into the hero's assembly sort of do. It's a small tradition, but it's a tradition nonetheless, so, well, the, head, the quartermistress sent me here to bring you back, and only for a little while. Her magics are a little bit more substantial than mine, so Aldsby is just sort of a, a proper induction, introduction. It's nothing too serious, and you're not in trouble if... That's your worry. Oh, no, I wasn't worried. <laughs> um, wait, do I have to make a deception check? <laughs> Go ahead, since you asked. Shouldn't have said anything. Oh, that was a four. Right. Cyrus totally buys it. <laughs> how, how long would I be away from my mission? Rosalind doesn't take much time. Uh, she's a very uh, utilitarian woman in that regard. Probably, he sort of... Smacks his lips. 30 minutes? Well... I mean, do you, ha do you have the time to spare? I, I wouldn't want to impose, of course. Um, Asta will look across at her companions and sort of, like, shrug. Like, mm? you can do without me for a quarter of an hour, can you not? I mean, so long as... Uh, Maxime, is there, is there to be ale had today? <laughs> Possibly. It's like eight in the morning, dude. <laughs> so it's what they drank back then. You hear a chuckle. Ah, I forgot the ways of drinking with the Goliath. Yes, yes, there will be air, don't worry. Then I, I, I will be good. <laughs> well then, whisk me away. But I expect there to be a mug of ale waiting for me when I return. And she looks at Vega. 100%. Wait, Astra, I have a question for you. Yes? Are you named after the Astra? Well, how about this? You tell me your name, and I'll give you the answer to that question. My name is Day. Yes, I am named for her. Day, what a wonderful name. Finally, we get it out of you. I am Vega. Cyrus kind of looks upon all of you very, very strangely, in a very bewildered manner, and then turns to ask her. You know, I thought that that was what your name was, but I, I didn't want to assume anything. I never mind. You ready? I'm ready. 
Gonna have to make a teleportation circle, so if you need to say your goodbyes, say your goodbyes. He steps from the porch of this lodge and begins drawing symbols within the dirt. Why do we need to say goodbye? She's going to be back in 30 minutes. You will be back, right? Oh, I'll be coming back. As long as there's ale. Don't drink it all before I get there, all right? For sure. Hunter, Day, look after him. Don't worry, I do not need looking after. But I will, I will enjoy their company if they would like to join me. I only say so because, in my experience, Goliaths are far softer than they seem. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you sort of step down into the circle that Cyrus has created, Cyrus kind of takes a look specifically at Hunter. I have a question, just real quick. That mask that you wear... Is it simply a mask, or is it something that was related to the individual that you studied under? It would be related, I'd say, yeah. Okay, Cyrus kind of looks to you, and you see his eyes kind of narrow. And very quickly, before he vanishes in sort of a, uh, a brilliant spark of emerald green along with Aster, you hear enter into your mind the, the sentiment, something along the lines of, Nice mask. Kind of derivative, though. I got his name, right? Cyrus Tealeaf. I'd probably be running through all the names I've heard, trying to work out whether any of them have relevance to things I've studied. All right. And we will come back to that. Come next episode! Eeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
who's Jorgen then? <laughs> Jorgen? Who's Jorgen? There was no Jorgen. There couldn't have been a Jorgen. I I don't recall a Jorgen. No, no, that no, that there was there was definitely there was definitely a Jorgen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, Jorgen. I don't know why you can't. He's remember, my favorite Jason. character. Do you not remember? He was wearing the outfit. He's a fan favorite, Jason. Don't you remember? <laughs> we've got we've got all that fan art of him.